1: yoo running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden and Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, one episode at a time, and the episode we are watching through and talking about this week is Season 4, Episode 2, Boost Mobile. Where are you at, dog? Who's this? Uh, oh, him! Oh, this is the Boost Mobile phone!
0: Hey, dog, where you at? You know exactly where you at,
1: Frylock. Boost Mobile premiering on Adult Swim on December 11th, 2005. And this being similar to Dirtfoot, another one that I saw either around the time it premiered or maybe even on this night. I'm not exactly sure, of course, but I remember being a little kid catching this one on and really enjoying it. And this is a pretty significant episode that the prophecies have foretold of. And by the prophecies, I mean... I told you about it in a previous episode because this is our final TV PG rated episode of Aqua Teen and that's important because a lot of the early episodes were just PG and as we will see this season we will start to move into TVM territory for grownups only okay so you better be of age for those episodes so this is it this is our last PG and the last episode of Aqua Teen we covered before this one that was also PG was my favorite episode Season 2, Episode 17's Kidney Car. So, all the way back then, about two years previously in our Aqua Teen timeline here, was the last PG episode, and then this is the final PG episode of Aqua Teen. At least, as I record this, maybe some of the new episodes in Season 12 will be PG. I, I really don't know. But, excited to get into this episode. Of course, this whole thing is basically a commercial for Boost Mobile, but done in a very Aqua Teen style. So I think it's kind of iconic because of that. This is one that is talked about a lot online. In fact, I've seen a lot of confusion and even just misinformation, just falsehoods spread about this one online. So before we go any further, I want to ask you a question that I will be answering in the podcast today. And the question is, which do you think came first? Do you think that Matt and Dave were asked to do this kind of episode Or do you think that they chose to? Do you think it was their idea to do this kind of episode? So, if you could please say it out loud, wherever you are. Okay, I didn't hear it, but that's alright. I'm saying this in the past in a different room than you're in. So, I trust that you said it. We will be addressing that in this episode, because I have some information supplied by Dave Willis about this one that I'm very excited to share with you. But of course, before we can do that, before we can get into the nitty-gritty details we got some other stuff to talk about. First up, our Aqua Teen news this week. Nothing for you, nothing exciting, so let's move on to the podcast news. And this is old news at this point, but back in July, I put an episode out saying, hey, I got to do a voice in the upcoming season of Aqua Teen. I've been sitting on one of the scripts, and I told you all about it. Of course, you can hear that wherever you're listening to this. Uh, check the description, too. I have a link to it. I just want to say thank you, all of you who've reached out to me with some very kind words, some, some congratulations, and also thank you to those who reached out about the guitar playing in the episode. I wasn't expecting that, but I very much appreciated that. Just wanted to say thank you, very exciting, and I'm excited to cover that episode on the podcast and be able to give you more behind-the-scenes info once that episode is out and all sorts of cool stuff planned for the future. So that's really it for podcast news this week. What do you say... We go and we just try and figure out, we try and understand the past. You know, you can never predict the future without understanding the past. What the heck was going on the week that Boost Mobile premiered? Getting lost in the closet all the way to the top of the box office this week, we have the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch, And the wardrobe bringing in a fat 65 million. So our last top film was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Get out of here, Harry Potter. It's time for the Chronicles of Narnia, which seemed to be kind of, I don't want to say copying Harry Potter, of course, but this is also based on a popular children's series and they're trying to make it into a film. I I suspect kind of like in the similar vein of what Harry Potter was doing. But of course, uh, not as popularly, but I'm I'm getting ahead of myself here. We have The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. This actually came out just two days before Boost Mobile uh, premiered, and also it's already at the top of the box office, so it debuted like a heavy hitter here, displacing Harry Potter just two days after it comes out as the top dog, and I saw this movie around the time. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think we just we we rented it on DVD or something after it came out on DVD. I don't remember a whole lot from it. I remember thinking it was okay, but I never went back to watch it. And let me tell you, I'm actually pretty surprised here because I did not know they made more of these films. It makes sense, right? It's the Chronicles of Narnia. In my mind, it was just this film, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but that is not the case. Because three years later, they came out with Prince Caspian, and then in 2010, they came out with The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I have not heard about either of these uh, two movies. All I know is the first one here that came out in 2005, and the reviews on all of these, are, at least the ratings, are not that good. On The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is obviously the most popular, we have a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Not horrible, but like It seems that these films had a harder time capturing the magic of their respective books compared to Harry Potter, and like the cast and crew here are all very capable, very talented, but for whatever reason, things just didn't come together in a way that really blew this up long term. This film has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 75%, not horrible, like these things weren't bad, and I mean, it's the top of the box office, so (laughs) there's definitely worse problems to have. But, I mean, yeah, these just didn't seem to catch on, I think, the way that they were hoped to have. I don't really know here. But I can say that there is no shared cast or crew between this film, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh, same with Plantasm and *Colid Movie Film for theaters. Although, in 2013, in Season 10 of *Aquatine*. There is the episode Storage Zebels, which is like Carl gets a storage unit and at the back of it, it brings you to like some foreign land with these creatures in it. I feel like they're kind of playing on this a little bit. I'm not entirely sure, though. We'll have to kind of check that out more once once we get to Storage Zebels here. But yeah, that is our top film this week. Before we head into our top album this week, I do want to mention something. Uh, So last week on the Patreon, we went through the pop culture of 2005, because when we do our season four retrospective, we're only going to be going through 2006, because that's when most of season four came out. And there was one big bit of music I failed to mention there that I wish I did, and that is R. Kelly coming out with his Trapped in the Closet series, which is to me so iconic of the year. And of course, now we know R. Kelly, big piece of shit, but you can't get over the phenomena that was trapped in the closet. So I wanted to mention that here with Narnia because, you know, you're going in your wardrobe, going to a different land. Poor R. Kelly, he's just trapped there. All sorts of shenanigans are ensuing. Lots of closet attention going on in 2005. So the Narnia film here, I left it back around the time it came out. I saw it. It was okay, but, you know, I left it in the closet. I didn't need to bring it with me. But you know what I didn't leave in the closet? What I still have with me is our top Billboard album this week. Let's give it a listen. That's right. Our top Billboard album this week is System of a Down with their record Hypnotize selling over 320,000 units this week. And I was one of them. I had this record around the time that it came out. And We actually talked about System of a Down in the very first episode of this podcast, back in the Rabot episode. Their album Toxicity was the top that week, or one of the songs, or something. We talked about them back there, and we're talking about them again. System of a Down, a band I have always loved, an incredibly unique band— And what's cool about this record, Hypnotize, is that it actually was not their only album to come out this year. Earlier in the year, back in June, their record Mesmerize came out. And that one was also the top of the Billboard chart uh, around that time. So they had two chart toppers come out this year, which actually made them the third musical act to have two number one albums in the same year. In case you're curious, the other two artists are DMX and The Beatles. So System of a Down, they are among good company there, some some good talent. But even though they were doing so well, this was actually their last studio album. Now System of a Down never officially broke up. In fact, they still play shows. But this is their last record, and I should say, in 2020, they put out two singles for some sort of charity or something like that, so that was their first music in 15 years at that point, but in my opinion, the singles weren't that great, and there's just still kind of a lot of infighting and that they can't see eye-to-eye on the direction of the band, and I think that there's payment disputes and things of that nature, and while recording these records, both Mesmerize and Hypnotize there was a lot of questioning whether the lead singer Serge Tankian was even going to be in the band anymore, and you can hear that because the guitar player Darren had to pick up a lot of the singing duties, the vocal duties. He was writing a lot of the songs around this time, and you could hear that his voice is all over this record in a way that works sometimes, and sometimes, in my opinion, doesn't really work, and I think the worst offenders are on this record here, hypnotized. There's a lot of his singing, a lot of his songs that don't really jive with me it's they're not bad and at the time i liked them but now listening back as an adult i think that this one really is one of their weaker records the one that came out earlier in the year mesmerize had the single b y o b which i think was anthemic of 2005 that record i think is great the one that came out in the summer but the one here that came out in the winter not so hot i think and just sad the way that the band turned out, but it it is good that they can still come together and tour. They can still play shows. They're you know amicable. They're they're not. They don't hate each other. It seems like they just artistically can't see eye to eye. But really excited to talk about System of a Down here. I love them so much. There's no other band quite like them. So our top Billboard single this week is the same as it was when Dirtfoot came out. It is Chris Brown's Run It. That's still the top single. So. Let's jump over and talk about the top alternative single this week. Our top alternative track this week is one of my faves. We have only by Nine Inch Nails, and I remember seeing this the, the music video for this one on TV. It's where Trent Reznor, like his face, is in one of those, you know, those like it's like a kid's toy where there's a bunch of plastic rods through something, and you can push your you put your hand on it, and you can see the imprint of your hand on the other side. It's like that, but it's with. You guessed it, Nine Inch Nails, and it's Trent Reznor's face like singing this song. But I love Nine Inch Nails. I love this song. I love the record. This song is off of With Teeth, which was actually the top Billboard album back in May of this year. And With Teeth, I think, is a great record. It also has their big, huge hit, Hand That Feeds, on it, and Only is also one of those hits. The the song I played for you here. I already talked your ear off about System of a Down, so I'm going to keep this short. Just I fucking love Nine Inch Nails. I love this record, and I think that Trent Reznor is a genius. But there's a few other musical things I want to get to here that are equally as important to me. So, the previous Tuesday, December 6th, so the Tuesday before Boost Mobile premieres, we had two records coming out that I loved, and... The first one I'll mention briefly because we talked about it on last week's Patreon episode, but it is Eminem's Curtain Call, which was his greatest hits album, which I just loved. And I talked about it there, so I'll I'll leave that there. The other record I want to mention to you is one that was very important to me, was Korn's See You on the Other Side. That came out December 6th as well. And Korn was my favorite band at this time, and this was the first Korn record to come out while I was a fan of the band. Now, technically, their greatest hits came out in 2004 while I was a fan as well, but I'm not counting that. I'm just going to count this as their first, like, full record that came out while I was a fan. I got the record, and I loved it. It had songs like Coming Undone on it, Twisted Transistor. Now, at this point, uh, December of 2005, I was in sixth grade, and these songs were really the soundtrack to that. And uh, I remember I made a RuneScape animation video myself, just with, like, Paint and Windows Movie Maker, And the song I had it set to was Coming Undone by Korn. And I still have that CD, but it's too fucking scratched up. I can't get it to play. I'm so upset. I want to see that video so bad because it's probably really stupid. And I would just really, I would love to have been able to share that with you to show you this embarrassing moment from middle school. But... um. It, it it won't play. I could never get it to work. So it's very frustrating. But I remember I remember giving that DVD I made to my friend, because he played RuneScape 2, and he watched it and he's like, Oh, I really like that song you put on it. I was just listening to it over and over again. So yeah, we have Corn with See You on the other side. Ultimately now, I think it's an okay record. Like I'm not really going back to listen to it these days. But uh, you know, just a very important one for me. And there's a song on that album, if you're a cornhead, The last song on that record is called Tear Jerker. And I still think that that's actually a really good song. As a kid, I was like, eh, whatever. But now as an adult, I'm like, all right, this one's actually pretty good. But that's a lot of music. A lot of stuff I love was going on at this time. But that's enough music chat. This is not a music podcast. This is a video game podcast. No, I'm kidding. It's not. But we have to talk about our video games. And the thing I want to mention is on December 5th of 2005, we have Animal Crossing Wild World coming out on the Nintendo DS. Now, I didn't have this game, but this was my first familiarity with Animal Crossing. This is the first Animal Crossing game I remember hearing about because I had friends who had it, but it never really appealed to me. I think it would appeal to me now, and I know in uh, 2020, Animal Crossing blew up on the Switch because everyone was in lockdown playing Animal Crossing. And... I wanted that game, but I, I don't know why, I just didn't get it. I still don't have it, but Animal Crossing is something that always kind of appealed to me. If you're unfamiliar, it's kind of like a social simulation game. You have your little house, and you can decorate it, and you have, like, crops and stuff, I think. It's not really like a farming game, but you're just kind of doing little things like that. It's not like, oh, you beat the game or anything. You're just building up your little your little island or, or your world or whatever version of the game you're playing. It always seemed nice, very cute graphics seem like a good time. Maybe one of these days I'll get it. Like maybe when the next one comes out, maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. But that is our one video game this week and I'm really surprised that we even have this to talk about because anytime you listen to this podcast and we get to December of whatever year, very rarely are there any notable games coming out because most games come out a little bit earlier so that people can get them in time for Christmas. So this is kind of cutting it close. So I was surprised here, but I'm glad at least this came out cuz otherwise not a whole lot to talk about except there is another game that was coming out and in fact, it was being advertised on Adult Swim on this very night. Rated T for Teen. It is said when two sons of Adam and two daughters of Eve arrive in Narnia, they
2: will lead an army and restore peace to the land. Stand alone, and Narnia will perish. Stand together, and you shall liberate a world. The Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the video game.
1: That's right, some Narnia game came out. I. It probably sucked, the graphics were really bad in this commercial. But this is my fun way of telling you that on YouTube, I'll put a link to this in the description, we have the commercials that aired this very night on Adult Swim. And this was one of them. If you were watching Adult Swim on December 11th, 2005, you would have seen this dog shit Narnia game that probably sucked ass advertised right to you. So maybe you had this game. Maybe it was good. I apologize if it was, but the graphics were... I was like, wait a second. Am I, am I watching a comedy video? What is this? This is like... <laughs> I mean, okay, look. It was 2005. I can't be too harsh on the graphical fidelity, but I was kind of in shock when I saw these things. So let's just get into our adult swim lineup here because we got some stuff to talk about. And first up, I just have to say to our Moonmasters, the patrons, I said in last week's episode I would talk about Moral Oral here. I was mistaken. I thought that Moral Oral aired this night, but it did not. Moral Oral is actually going to be airing in two days from now, so on Tuesday december 13th but let me tell you they were promoting the hell out of it on tonight's block celebrate the spirit of christmas with a family who learns that sometimes life's greatest gifts can be found in your
2: own heart experience the warmth the love and the true meaning of this joyous holiday season and maybe even a christmas miracle moral oral, the best christmas ever
1: This Tuesday at midnight on Adult Swim. This is going to be the best Christmas ever. I'm going to leave more oral chat there because we will talk about it in a future lineup. I'm confirming here it does air alongside Party all the time in the future. So we'll get to that then. So in the meantime, let's talk about our lineup now. And what exactly are you going to be hearing when you tune in to Adult Swim on this night? Mm, That's some nice stuff, huh? So yeah, there's some joke on the screen. I'm not going to get into it. It's not worth talking about. You can check the link in the description if you want to see the joke. But our first show at 10 p.m. Eastern, we have American Dad with Homeland Insecurity. Next up at 10.30 p.m., we get Family Guy with the Fat Guy Strangler. And they give us kind of a preview of this episode with some cavemen doing some uh, some song together. I'm not going to play it for you because we have so many clips on lock here. But I assume it's from the episode, right? And it says new episode on it. Now, this is not a new episode. Same with the American Dad. The American Dad episode came out in, in June, of course, on Fox. But this Family Guy episode premiered on Fox uh, just a couple weeks ago. So it's pretty new. But the interesting thing is... I'm looking here according to Swimpedia, which archives the Adult Swim lineups. This Family Guy episode actually premiered on Adult Swim just a few days beforehand on Thursday. So I'm not sure why they were saying it was new. It wasn't new, but I guess they just didn't update the bumper or whatever the issue was. So, American Dad, Family Guy. Next up, we have a real certified new episode. We have the boondocks with the story of Gangstalicious and... That one has Most Def as Gangstalicious. He's supposed to be kind of this 50 Scent character. Very topical to 2005. I would like to say that in the spring of 2005, 50 Scent was dominating the Billboard number one album chart with his album The Massacre. So he was on everyone's mind. And they were playing promotions for this episode all throughout the night up until the episode premiered. Tonight on The Boondocks.
2: Gangsta-licious was doing a show in town when three men rushed the stage and shot him. Ironically, he was doing his new joint, I Got Shot. I got
0: shot. (laughs) I got shot.
2: I got shot. I got shot. shot. No, I got shot for real. (laughs) I got got shot shot for real.
1: The Boondocks, tonight at 11. So uh, Huey there telling us what happened. You had gangsta Delicious singing his new song, I Got Shot. People rush the stage and then shoot him. He says it like, oh, help me. But then people just repeat it back to him like it's lyrics. So after that, 11.30 p.m., we have Stroker and Hoop also with a new episode, How to Get Dead in Advertising, a.k.a. Caged Rose. So Stroker and Hoop we talked about in our season three retrospective a bit because the first episode did premiere in 2004, but the rest of it is airing here in 2005, and it's kind of wrapping up here. It only got one season, and this is one of the last episodes. So Stroker and Hoop kind of coming to an end. And like I said, I remember catching this one on TV at the time, but it never really drew me in for some reason. So I would be interested to check it out at some point, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see when that happens. So next up after that, we have at midnight Robot Chicken. That hurts me. I don't think it's worth getting into Robot Chicken episodes, not to discredit the show, but because it's kind of like a sketch show, so, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to really say about it. But 12.15 a.m., the reason we are here today. Aqua Teen Hunger Force with Boost Mobile, its second new episode of the year. And Adult Swim was seemingly excited about this because there were a, a couple advertisements for this episode, a few custom bumps that not every show got, so we have a few to kind of go through here, and the first one that I want to mention that they showed earlier in the night, it was really just the intro to the Rabbot episode with Dr. Weird, but right before Dr. Weird would say, like, he's like, gentlemen, behold, he's going to say the Rabbot, it cuts to saying something like new Aqua Teen episode, like, Episode number two, or something like that, letting you know that there was yet another new one because the previous week, of course, was Dirtfoot. And that, you know, again, this is the second new episode of Aqua Teen this year. So they were hyping it up a bit. And then we had a bump, a pretty cool one that played a little bit before Boost Mobile began. <laughs> So that bump, of course, you couldn't see the text. There wasn't really a ton. It it mainly said ATHF, and that kind of moved around the screen in a cool way. Then we saw a silhouette of Meatwad with a dollar sign in them. And then it said, New Aqua Teen Next that should boost your mobile spirits. Now, remember, we are not that far away from Christmas here, so they're kind of playing on on this whole winter Christmas theme throughout the night. So that showed up a little bit before the episode premiered. Now I'm going to read to you the bump that played right before the episode played where you at dog we're at the bank cashing this fat check compliments of boost mobile product placement your product here if you're going to do anything make sure you get an assload of cash thank you boost mobile New Boost Mobile next. And then instead of in brackets, you know, usually it'll say Adult Swim. It said Boost Mobile. So they're really setting us up here for the episode ahead. And I think they did a great job. Now, I have our last bumper here that we're going to be talking about. This one also Aqua Teen related coming on after Boost Mobile premieres. So... I'm going to read it to you, and then directly after that, it goes... They're, they're not wasting any time here. It goes right into an ad for next week's Aqua Teen episode, which is the deleted scenes episode. So I'll read you the bump, and then we'll listen to the advertisement for next week's episode. Dear Adult Swim, does Master Shake have his own room in the house? According to the creators, on the record, it's down the hall, second door to the left. Off the record, we never got around to making it. <laughs> so this says Aqua Teen Hunger Force, new episode number three. Easy, baby. Daddy's free all day.
0: So is her! Free for sex! <laughs> see? Like that? That's like a heart ride, see? Oh.
1: <laughs> twice as long, twice as new.
0: Well, I don't have a brain. All it does is get in the way of my cat-like instincts.
1: <laughs> Next Sunday at midnight adult swim. So that's our advertisement there. And remember, you know, the deleted scenes episode, it's kind of like a Christmas thing. They like shoehorned it into being a Christmas episode. We'll get into that when we cover the deleted scenes episode, which we will be doing in a way on the podcast. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But I did want to address these kind of bumpers that aired this night. So really quickly, because this section has gone on so long, I'm just going to read you the rest of our lineup really quickly just to get through them. 12.30 12.30 a.m. we have Perfect Hair Forever with Happy Suck Day. That is also a new episode, and that is our last new episode of the night. After that, we have 12.45 a.m. with Squidbillies, School Days, Fool Days, 1 a.m. with 12-ounce Mouse, Rooster, One fifteen a.m. with C-Lab 2021, Swimming in Oblivion, and then similar to last week's lineup, which was they had uh, Welcome to Eltingville, which was a weird 2002 pilot choice. Uh, Same thing here at 1.30 a.m. They have Saddle Rash with Slim Chance. We talked about Saddle Rash in an early episode. That was Lauren Bouchard, one of the home movies co-creators and also the Bob's Burger creator. Uh, That was one of his pilots for Adult Swim. It didn't get picked up, but it had like H. John Benjamin, Mitch Hedberg, Todd Berry had a lot of famous people in it, but it didn't quite get off the ground, which is a bummer. I would have liked to have seen that thing be given a chance to become better but it wasn't. But it's okay, because Lauren Bouchard goes on to be just fine alongside all those other guys. So that's our lineup this night. American Dad, Family Guy, Boondocks, Stroker and Hoop, Robot Chicken, Aqua Teen, Perfect Hair Forever, Squidbillies, 12-ounce Mouse, Sea Lab, and then Saddle Rash here. And I do want to mention a couple other commercials I caught There's a lot of work from home commercials, which were very weird. It's like, go to this site to learn how to work from home and make a bunch of money. And all the sites were very strange. It was like a couple letters and then like a number after it. And I went to every single goddamn website now in 2023. None of them worked. So I still don't know how to work from home. I'm currently making this podcast at the goddamn park. I don't know how to do it. Maybe one of these days I'll learn, but it was very funny to see so many work-from-home commercials. Uh, Maybe that's how Carl got in on his work-from-home job. He works out of the home. I don't know how he does it. Who knows? Other thing I noticed was we had some Danger Doom, Mouse, and The Mask promos. That being the album that came out this year from Danger Doom, which was MF Doom and Danger Mouse where they sampled a lot of Adult Swim stuff, particularly Aqua Teen stuff. So eventually, I'd love to talk about that on the Patreon, but now is not the time. After that, I caught a few Aquatine Hunger Force Volume 4 promos for the DVD. That DVD had recently came out. Actually, it dropped on the previous Tuesday, so they're pushing that now to sell some of those bad boys. And there was also a ton, like I'm saying an assload of, of Family Guy Volume 3 DVD ads. Like, constantly is crazy. Um, otherwise, it was lots of anti pot smoking commercials. I mean, I feel like they're really targeting the wrong audience. I mean, they're kind of, it's kind of the right audience, but also, like, if people are smoking up, they're watching Cartoon Network just having a good time. They're not gonna pay attention to your ads. It's a waste of money. I bet it's actually a money laundering scheme. And then, something I really wanted to shout out this one brought me back. I caught some People PC commercials. If you're unfamiliar, PeoplePC was an internet provider back at the time. And we had, or I had, People PC at my house probably at this time. It was a dial-up service. It sucked, but that's what we had because we owed AOL too much money and they wouldn't let us use them anymore. So all sorts of stuff. Of course, normally our Adult Swim segments are not this in-depth. They're not this long, but it's always fun. It's always a treat when we have... The commercials from these nights just to see these things that weren't meant to be really like talked about 20 years later that weren't meant to be held on to and if you've seen my instagram at aquatine pod i've been putting some pictures i have of magazine advertisements for aquatine because to me those are like the coolest things to collect because they weren't meant to be collected it's not like a fucking fancy hat or action figure that is meant to be kept it's like these advertisements were just meant to do a job and afterwards nobody cared what happened to them. So always fun to relive those those ads that we would have been bombarded with at the time that we've probably forgotten about. But deep in our hearts, they're still there. So that is our Aqua Teen lineup. I think, you know, hey, look, we're over half an hour in. What do you say? We're here for some Boost Mobile. We're here for more advertisements, the ultimate advertisement Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Let's go check it out
2: out. out, out. out.
1: Speaking of advertisements guess what you're listening to one right now. Holy shit crazy how that works, right? This is the part of the podcast where I tell you all about how dancing is forbidden. It is listener supported I cannot do this alone. I'm not rich enough. I don't have enough money. My job sucks. So that's where the Moonmasters come in, who go over to patreon.com slash dancing is forbidden, and they pitch in what they can to keep this thing going. Because guess what? If there were no Moonmasters supporting this podcast, it wouldn't exist. And that's not a threat. It's a promise. But it's also a threat. I want to say... Welcome back Joe, we have Joe S coming in with his cool set of keys in his profile picture, back again. Joe, he was signed up before, he had to drop off a little bit, I don't know what happened to him, I hope he's okay, I bet he just had to get his uh, keyboard serviced and that was probably pretty expensive, now he's back on his feet, he's back, maybe he maybe he got back to busking on the street with his keyboard here to uh, afford to support this podcast, I don't know, but Joe, glad to see you back, thank you for getting back on board. Joe he's the real deal but you know who's also the real deal who signed up June 30th 2023 we got Mike D in the house and let me tell you I reached out to Mike I said hey Mike what's up fella tell me all about your Aqua Teen experience what's your favorite episode tell me about it Mike's a man of mystery he never responded Who knows what his Aqua Teen history is? Maybe he saw the first episode the very first night it aired back in December of 2000. I don't know. Maybe he's never seen Aqua Teen in his life. Maybe he misclicked. Maybe he was trying to fucking buy Amazon Prime or something and accidentally subscribed to my Patreon. I don't know what the deal is and let me tell you, the mystery is exactly what I needed to keep me going. Joe, Mike, appreciate the hell out of you two. And I have an idea for you fellas. Look, you're both signed up at the $5 duffel bag of cash tier. I think you should start a boy band. Joe, he can tickle them ivories. He's got the keys. Mike, he's a man of mystery. He's a heartthrob. Ladies love him. Men love him too. The duffel bag boys. Come on, let me be your manager or something.
0: Coming up next, Aquatine Hunger Force.
1: Boost Mobile debuting December 11th, 2005 with a TVPGL rating for Infrequent Course Language. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast episode, this is our last TVPG episode of Aqua Teen. Everything from now on will be 14 and M. And our last episode of Aqua Teen that was TVPG was over two years ago in November of 2003 with my favorite episode of the show, Kidney Car. And, of course, if you've been listening to this podcast uh, all the way through, a lot of our early episodes were TVPG. And whenever I tell people I grew up on Aqua Teen, they're understandably surprised, and that still is a valid response, because it still wasn't a show really for kids but, you know, up until this point, we've only had a handful of really bad episodes. And bad, by, by that I mean just inappropriate for kids. And going forward, we'll see that, you know, going on. So this is just a, a, a line in the sand here going forward for the show. But Boost Mobile isn't significant just because of that. Up until this point, and I think throughout the entire run of Aqua Teen, this is one that really does age poorly in the sense that if you're not familiar with the stuff that it's kind of riffing on, with the technology it's riffing on, you you won't really understand the episode in a way that it was understood at the time. I'll do my best to kind of get you up to speed in terms of the references here, but this one is very topical in a way that most Aqua Teen episodes are not. So because of that, if you weren't around at the time, you might not appreciate some of the subtleties here but also it just kind of makes the episode stand out in a good way and in a fun way because it's like, oh my gosh, I forgot all this stuff that they're referencing. So it kind of hurts the episode in some ways, but it really helps it in other ways in a way that we really haven't tackled on the podcast here. So getting into our voice actors here, of course, we have Dana Snyder, Carrie Means, Dave Willis, But we have three names that we don't normally see on an episode of Aqua Teen. First, let's address our newcomer. This is his first time on Aqua Teen, but it will not be his last time. We have Killer Mike playing the Boost Mobile phone. And Killer Mike, his real name is Michael Render. He is most notably, uh, of course, a rapper in, in his own right, but also a part of Run the Jewels. So we'll get more into Killer Mike once he pops up in the episode. Next up, we have Schooly D, who composes a lot of the hip-hop music for the show. And also, you know, sings the theme song. We know all about Schooly D. We love him. And we have a member of the crew here. It's our host, Ned Hastings, of course, he showed up as a voice actor in a big way on Season 2, Episode 10, Super Trivia, as the, the trivia host, but Ned Hastings, he is a producer and editor of Aqua Teen and a bunch of other William Street stuff. He is a very important figure to Aqua Teen, so it's fun to see him show up on this one as the Axe body spray can, but that's not Ned's only involvement with the episode, if you couldn't guess. Ned Hastings, he is the only editor listed on this episode, which is similar to the previous episode, Dirtfoot. We had Phil Sampson as the sole editor. On this one, we have Ned Hastings as the sole editor. So again, uh, in season two of Aqua Teen, season three of Aqua Teen, we, we really weren't seeing that many episodes that only had one editor credited. But that is the case here at the beginning of season four, and we will continue to see that a bit going through the season, which is just a little interesting thing. So diving into the episode here, we can start off without much explanation. It's actually a bit of a long clip. It didn't make sense to cut up. We have Frylock checking the mail at the mailbox. Of course, this mailbox out front, it's there when they need it for the show. It's not there when they don't need it. We actually saw that back in Dirtfoot. I didn't really mention it, but At the beginning of that episode, we don't see the mailbox outside, but then later, Shake's hand is, quote, stuck in the mailbox. And that's kind of how it is here, where we'll see it here at the beginning of the episode, but then later in the episode, we'll see some outside shots and the mailbox is gone. So very funny. Frylock, he's checking the mail and he finds a very egregious bill. He's going to try and go inside to figure out what's going on, but Meatwad's going to close and lock the door and then feather his beautiful hair.
2: All right, let me see what we got here. $2,600. $2,600? $2, what the? Hey! Hey, open the damn door!
0: Hey, open the damn door, man! What? Open the door! What?
2: Will you open this door? Hang on, uh, hang on.
0: Uh, what? Open the damn door, man! Hey! Oh, I got Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear I was feathering. Feathering? Feathering what? My hair, boy. You don't have
2: hair. <laughs>
0: oh, God. Okay. No, no, no.
2: Don't cry. Don't cry. Stop. Stop. Meatwad. Look, you have hair. You have hair. Look, see, you look beautiful, brown, sticky, wet hair. Well, <laughs> oh, thank
1: you. Don't mess with them. <laughs> I love whenever they have Meatwad just cry like that. It uh, cracks me up. So, at the beginning of the episode, we had Frylock, he kind of opens the mail, and he opens the envelope, and then the bill kind of folds out, so it's funny, we see it's a very long bill, and then Meatwad closes the door, and it's funny, because we don't actually see him lock it, and in fact, Frylock doesn't even try and open the door himself, and besides the fact that we could see on the door, there's no locking mechanism anyways, so it's like instantly Frylock just assumes it's locked, I don't know, obviously I'm dwelling on tiny details, but I did pick that out. So Meatwad seemingly knows something about this bill. It's why he doesn't want Frylock to come inside. But as to why Meatwad was doing this, we'll get back to that. I'm still not even sure why Meatwad was doing this. So we'll get to it. But uh, that's what happened in that beginning of the episode. Very fun between Meatwad and Frylock there. Meatwad almost slipping into a do what now? They They almost brought it back from season one, episode five's Balloon and Stein, but not quite. So Frylock is finally inside, and then Shake's going to come in the room, and Frylock is going to ask him, what's up with this power bill? We'll see Shake, he picks up a big plug off the ground, he'll plug it into the wall, and then you'll hear, like, their whole power system will struggle for a moment, and we see what he's plugging in. It's kind of a delayed reveal, where we see that it's a giant cell phone with kind of like a face on it. The phone will talk, and the voice will be Killer Mike. But that's not our only visual thing here. Shake, he's wearing clothes this time around, and they're kind of these urban-y clothes, very of the time for what a cool urban person would look like, and he has uh, some piercings, like his ears are supposed to be pierced, also his straw is pierced. And he has, you know, big golden rings on them. And then he's wearing a a sideways hat that says Boost Mobile on it. So we see where the episode is headed. Shake also has some bling on, a a giant necklace that says Shake, and then also one in the the shape of Master Shake. It looks like it's a giant diamond in a Shake shape. And uh, yeah, he's just got like a cool denim jacket on and a yellow undershirt. So all of that will be at play. We are going to see firsthand why the electricity bill is so goddamn high.
0: Hey, hey, where you at, dog? We got the whole city <laughs> behind you.
2: Uh, Shake, you want to tell me how the hell we have a $2,600 power bill? No, I don't.
0: <laughs> Boom! But I want to tell you about the church. Hey, where you at? Do you need a boost, Frylock? because Boost Mobile has the boost you need. Where you at, bro?
1: (laughs) Okay, so that's setting the episode up here, and that is Killer Mike doing the voice of the phone. We'll get to him later, because there's a bunch of other stuff we need to address first. And right off the bat, Shake is dropping all this Boost Mobile lingo. So if you weren't around at the time, you could probably pick up that's what's happening, right? It's not that complicated. But if you were around at the time, these were the commercials for Boost Mobile. Now... To my knowledge, at least up until this point, I don't think that Aqua Teen did a commercial for Boost Mobile uh, outside of this episode, but these were the kinds of things being said. And in fact, Shake already referenced here and will be referencing a very popular Boost Mobile commercial featuring such little names as Kanye West, Ludacris, and The Game. So let me play you that commercial. Kanye!
0: Give me that beat. Southside, outside, west side, let's ride, Eastside, right east side Lakeshore Drive, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm Shattown's finest, where, where you at, the, the whole city? Whole city. Hotland, a home, home of the ladies, ladies in the,
2: the really, really tight skirts Uh-oh. Or if somebody moves and somebody Everybody gets hurt. From Decatur down to CP and I don't feel to the battlefield It's DTP Okay, what up? I'm on the YG's Some jackets and white tees, With hair ones in every color like iced tea I might be I'm like crazy Confidence, right knee The way, way I paint pictures with these hip-hop scriptures yeah. Where you at, the whole city behind us. Where you at, the whole city behind us. South side, outside, west side, let's ride. Where you at, the whole city behind us. I'm keeping this beat for myself. Huh?
1: So again, that was ludicrous. Kanye West, and the game. And that was Kanye whispering, I'm keeping this beat for myself. Although he didn't. Because that track ended up on the game's 2004 mixtape, Charge It to the Game. So the track is actually called Behind Us on that mixtape. I don't know if the track came out first and then it was used for a commercial. That's kind of my impression. You know, it's, it's hard to find out exactly when a commercial came out. But it definitely was out when this Aqua Teen episode was made. So lots of lingo from the song that Shake referenced there and will be referencing, which is just hilarious to me. To take a step back, we should address why Matt and Dave made this episode, and looking it up online, I had seen some speculation on it, and Dave has kind of spoken a little bit here and there about the episode, but I just reached out to him and asked, did you guys have the idea to do this episode and then have to ask permission, or did Boost Mobile approach you, or were you just approached by your ad staff to do this? How did this come about? Dave said... Matt and I wanted to do a product placement episode, but we wanted it to be a real product and we wanted the company to receive real money. We weren't angling for a commission on it, and we probably should have. We had just seen other shows do episodes about commercialism, and we thought this was a more direct way of satirizing capitalism by actually participating in it. It's not like we're making art, we're making TV. The point is to sell ads so you can get paid. And you just know Shake would have been happy to sell out. So we asked the ad sales team to find a sponsor, and they came back with Boost Mobile. So that's a bit of what Dave had to say. I'll read you the full email at the very end of the podcast, so stick around after uh, the outro music and everything. I'll just read it all there, because he gets into a couple other things. But one thing I want to address is that they didn't get a commission for this. By that, I mean Matt and Dave didn't get paid any more money for doing this episode, they just thought the idea of it was pretty funny. And we could see here that Dave is a little bit regretful of the fact that they didn't get a commission for it, because really, they supplied so much advertising to Boost Mobile. People are still talking about this episode today, and by people, I mean uh, us right now. But despite not getting a, a real commission for doing this episode, Matt and Dave did get a thank you gift for this episode. Boost Mobile sent them not some phones... But a lotion kit. (laughs) They actually got a lotion kit as a thank you. You know, Boost Mobile, the the phone provider. Yeah, they sent them a lotion kit. And Dave says that I believe Matt FedExed his back to them. So Matt didn't want to keep this lotion kit. But I guess, you know, uh, if around this time, if Dave Willis had slightly softer hands, that was the reason why. Thanks, Boost Mobile. So, that's where the idea stemmed from. It wasn't inherently that they wanted to do a Boost Mobile episode, but they wanted to do just something blatantly capitalistic, and Shake seemed like the perfect vehicle for that. And as we will see through this episode, he is. So, why don't we kind of get back into it here? We have this giant phone character standing in the room next to Shake. Frylock's got some questions. Who's this?
0: Uh, Oh, him! Oh, this is the Boost Mobile phone! Hey, dog, where you at? You know exactly <laughs> where you at, Frylock, with the GPS-enabled feature. GPS? Or use Boost Wireless Web for national roaming. Where you at, dog? You can be anywhere in the country with Boost hey, Mobile. Oh, hey, does that include Jeff's house? Because that's where want we'll spend the night tonight with Jeff. Hell, it's home for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is Shake hitting Meatwad right away with the Boost Mobile phone. I should say... Moments ago in the episode, we had Shake plugging the phone in. It is no longer plugged in anymore, but of course, that's uh, par for the course with Aqua Teen. And whenever Shake is getting into these hardcore pitches of Boost Mobile, he's not even really looking at Frylock. He's looking right at the audience. He's looking at us. He's looking into wherever the camera is supposed to be. Obviously, it's a cartoon, but he's breaking the fourth wall and just so tongue in cheek like, yes, this is an ad we're advertising to you. It's very, very funny here. And to address the phone that we see, it's a flip phone, it says Boost Mobile on it, but it has these kind of tribal mock tattoos on it, and this is not an Aqua Teen joke. This was an actual Motorola model. It's called the Motorola Tattoo i860. So it's the i860 model, but with this kind of tribal design on it, which I think is very, very indicative of the times. It's so kind of uh, lame to see this phone. But yes, this is an actual model. If you could find a used one online, I checked. I can't find any for sale, any used ones But you can own this exact model of phone. This is not some uh, creation of Aqua Teen or Bob Pettit or anything. This was an actual product that they were featuring in the episode. To go back to the beginning of the episode, though, it's established that the electricity bill is very high, and it's because of Shake charging this gigantic uh, human-sized phone, basically. So that's where I'm left confused. I'm not sure why Meatwad was trying to hinder Frylock from getting inside and dealing with this. You would think that Meatwad would want Shake to get in trouble, that he would tell on Shake for this, but maybe behind closed doors, behind the scenes, uh, Shake threatened Meatwad and said, you better keep Frylock off my back. I'm not entirely sure, but it also kind of seems like Meatwad, this is his first time really seeing this phone. I'm not really sure. Maybe I missed some dialogue later in the episode. We'll see, but that's just kind of left me scratching my head. But of course, it's an Aqua Teen episode, so uh, if there's some inconsistencies... It's all right. Master Shake hit Meatwad away with the phone. He's not really interested in trying to sell this to Meatwad mainly because he knows Meatwad doesn't have any any money, but Shake is interested in trying to sell Boost Mobile to Frylock a bit, but also to us the audience because again Shake will be addressing the camera and Meatwad and Frylock are kind of looking at him too, like kind of strangely, like what are you doing? They're they're kind of acknowledging this fourth wall break. So Shake's gonna go back into more sales pitch type stuff, and then the Boost mobile phone, the face on it is gonna disappear, and there's gonna be somebody named Josh giving Shake a call.
0: So, Frylock, where you at, dog? eh? (laughs) Hey, dog. The whole city's behind you, man. What
1: are you wearing? It's
0: a bling blong, baby. Represents my lifestyle and status as a street-savvy, irreverent youth who lives large. Yet hunger for the next level in life. You know, Boost Mobile is the premium. Yoth Focused communication network and instant gateway to opportunities. That's the chirp. I
1: gotta take this. <laughs> so that's the chirp. You'll hear that noise a lot. Master Shake fucking up and saying Yoth Focused, And then we get Josh calling there with the chirp. And I saw a lot of people in YouTube comments saying like, oh, that's the sound of my childhood. My dad owned a business and I'd hear that all the time or whatever. The chirp was kind of a cool function to these phones back at the time. And they more or less functioned as a walkie talkie like device. Now, it wasn't real walkie talkie waves. It was it was actual cellular waves similar to a phone call. But you could press this button and kind of talk to somebody as if it were a walkie-talkie. So this was useful for people in business. This was a solution to getting things done, essentially. It was very handy. And I mean, at my job at Target, we use actual walkies, but it's the same principle if you need to quickly kind of talk to somebody, but you don't want to have to call them on the phone every single time. It was a cool thing. And there's, there's apps that replicate this now on smartphones, but even then you have to open the app. You have to make sure the other person has the app open. This was kind of a really useful technology that Boost Mobile was seemingly trying to sell to the savvy youth focused market or whatever like hey you can just get out with your your buddies or your homies and just you know talk to them right away how useful that was i don't know uh, maybe you could tell me that i never had a phone like this my parents didn't have phones like this so i can't really speak to it with firsthand knowledge but that noise is you know indicative of an actual function that these phones did and they were a selling point to the youth market that this episode is very much trying to appeal to. So again, Shake messed up. He said Yoth focused. That was not an actual mistake in the episode because Shake he's getting a call from Josh and Josh he's not happy about it.
0: Where you at, dog? Hey, where you at, dog? <laughs> what? <laughs> so what did I say? <laughs> Your are focused. <laughs> you focused. Whatever. He's in the shot. <laughs> He'll get FaceTime. <laughs> the guy just started. Give him a break. <laughs> <laughs> so nervous. All right. Listen, I got to go. I'll talk to you later, doggy. <laughs> yeah.
1: So something visual happens there that is very funny. So we see Shake talking on the phone. Then it cuts to Frylock. And again, Frylock has this puzzled expression on his face because he doesn't understand what's really happening here. And then Shake kind of awkwardly moves into the frame. So it's very much aware of, we have to show this phone on screen as much as possible. And Josh calling here was correcting Shake on how he messed up the pitch. So again, this is all very tongue-in-cheek. It's all very self-aware. And I do want to reiterate, that is the point of this episode. Boost Mobile did not ask them to do this. They asked Boost Mobile if they could do this. You may be wondering who Josh is. I very much wondered as well. We see a handsome man popping up on the phone when he's calling for shake, and we will see that throughout the episode. In the first shot, we just saw Josh. He just is holding a phone up to his head, and he's kind of smiling. I asked Dave who Josh is because I could not find out of my own accord. For example, there's a Joshua Mullinax who works on Aqua Teen. He is a compositor. But it didn't exactly look like him. And I was like, that's strange. They would pick a compositor to show here. And that's because it's not Joshua Mullinax. It is Josh Feldman, who ran Adult Swim ad sales at the time. So this was the ad sales guy who found them the sponsor for this episode. So from what I could see, Josh, he started on at Turner Broadcasting System as an account executive uh, in 1998 eventually becoming a senior vice president and sales manager. But he left in December of 2015, and he now works for NBC Universal as a chief marketing officer. So Josh, he's still doing his thing. I have to wonder if he misses trying to sell ad spots for Aqua Teen, but a part of me guesses that he doesn't. But the guy we see in the episode is the same Josh. It is actually Josh Feldman. So I I guess they had to go up and kind of take pictures of him for this episode, which I love. And I'm sure that he had a lot of fun with, right? As, As an ad guy at a company, you're never expecting to actually be featured in an episode. So I love that they featured him in this way. I mean, Josh was the one, I guess, that found them Boost Mobile. And that's very much in Matt and Dave's mind to give credit to people. I mean, similarly to how they thought to put me in an episode of the upcoming season, even though they had no reason to, or it didn't really help them in any way. I mean, from my perspective, it's kind of the same thing here. They're happy just to put, you know, these guys in the episodes in these ways. And it just makes the episodes so much more unique and fun because of it, I think at least. So that's Josh we see. I don't suspect that's his voice. It we've actually heard that sound bite before of just some random phone chatter. I assume that's from a sound effects disc or something like that. Again, I don't think Josh is voicing anything in this episode. He's certainly not credited on it, but that is his picture used on the phone. Jumping back into the episode now. Frylock, he didn't listen to this podcast. He doesn't know who Josh is. He's going to ask about this to Shake shake's not going to want to answer it. he's going to hit frylock out of the frame and he's going to kind of uh basically instruct meatwad to join himself and the boost mobile phone as they will dance along and talk about boost mobile
0: who was that frylock school I- over. i'm moving <laughs> don't push me all right there we go
1: all right now you over there are you what are you doing
0: dance let's make and receive cellular phone calls with boost mobile Hey, check out Boost Mobile Online. Shop online. It's got text messaging. Text, text messaging. text uh-huh. messaging. Yes. <laughs> <We got games. laughs> and that's a molecular that's transporter. Uh-huh. 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 No, Shake, I don't remember. Yellow dog. <laughs> oh, it doesn't have that? <laughs> okay. But still has text messaging, right? Write <laughs> actual words with a phone. <laughs>
1: Okay, Okay. so that is Shake claiming Boost Mobile has a molecular transporter. Josh very quickly is going to call. This time, his picture looking different. He looks a little bit more upset in the picture. And then we'll hear him telling Shake that, no, there is no molecular transporter. But Shake is still pointing out, well, it does have text messaging. Of course, I'm reminded of Season 3, Episode 5's E-Dork, where Shake is excited about the very same thing in the E-Helmet that he has. But I should point out here, of course, text messaging at this point was you know, over 10 years old, potentially even older, but it was being adapted very quickly. So by 2002, over 250 billion texts were sent around the world. And in the United States, the total number of texts sent annually nearly quadrupled from 2005 to 2007. So not new technology, but at the point that this episode came out, it was being very quickly adapted. And by 2007, so Really over just a year later, because remember, this is the tail end of 2005, around 75% of all mobile phone users were texting. So in a way, it's kind of silly that Shake is pointing it out. But also text messaging, again, it was taking off. It was becoming more mainstream at this point. And without delving too much into social media and the internet of the time, because that's not really what this episode is about The whole Boost Mobile aspect of just the chirp and being able to quickly tell things to people was almost like an audio text messaging in a sense because you were already kind of linked up with somebody. You didn't have to call them. You could just drop them a voice message, and if they heard it, then they could respond to you. Uh, But these were kind of novelties of the time because social media wasn't something you were plugged into all the time like you are now. You were really left to texts, calls, and then this this walkie-talkie-esque system to very quickly communicate people with people wherever they were, because most people were not online 24-7. They really couldn't be. Getting back into the episode, something I didn't address earlier is Meatwad said that he wants to go spend the night at his friend Jeffy's house, and Frylock's going to come in and kind of use that uh, to trick the Boost mobile phone into leaving the house, saying that they're going to go to Jeffy's. And then Frylock will slam the door behind the Boost mobile phone. Say, why don't we see if the
2: Boost mobile phone wants to go with us to Jeffy's house? Jeffy's
0: house? Jeffy's house? (laughs) Yeah, come
2: on, everybody. Let's go to Jeffy's house right now. We're going to Jeff's easy.
1: (laughs) I love how excited the Boost mobile phone is, even though he doesn't know who Jeffy is at all. And let me just say, I remember very distinctly when I first saw this episode back around this time, I just love the name Jeffy. I always love these little names that they come up with for the show, especially pertaining to Meatwad's friends like Dewey, Vanessa, Bobby, the termite that, uh, that Meatwad was going to pick out in The Clowning. Just these fun names. And then Jeffy is just one of them. I remember laughing particularly at that name and how Meatwad just suddenly had this friend named Jeffy. And of course, we will explore more who that is throughout the episode. But finally now, not to disrespect the man, but finally to get to Killer Mike here, I want to talk a little bit about him, because not only is he a great musician, but he does play somewhat of a role in Aqua Teen Hunger Force. So I was surprised to learn that this was Killer Mike, because again, I saw this episode around this time, and I didn't realize it, because before learning this, my understanding of Killer Mike was that his only involvement in Aqua Teen was in 2022's Plantasm not only as a part of run the jewels and doing the fantastic Plantasm theme song but also voicing Boxy Brown in Plantasm he is the new Boxy Brown voice so it was very cool to me to learn that he actually had been had been involved in Aquatine Far back in 2005. In fact, this is his first real television gig. Before this, Killer Mike was involved in some OutKast music videos, and he was featured on some OutKast albums before this and his own work. But to learn that this was his first real TV gig is, is so cool, because Killer Mike has gone on to do a few other things in television. And a big thing that we will be familiar with as Adult Swim fans would be playing a character in Frisky Dingo, like a recurring character in Frisky Dingo. But he also appeared in South Park, America, The Motion Picture, Ozark, and The Eric Andre Show, among many other shows. So I asked Dave, I'm like, look, I understand how you got hooked up with him for Plantasm, but how did you guys meet him all the way back in 2005? He wasn't doing voice roles back then. And Dave said, we got hooked up with him through Jason DeMarco, who ran Adult Swim, On Air Department, and William Street Records on the side. And he was right down the hall from us. He was the music guy in-house. The guy who connected Adult Swim to people like MF Doom and T-Pain. He got Killer Mike and LP together for the first time. And those guys later formed Run the Jewels. Killer Mike is now like the unofficial mayor of Atlanta whenever there's a crisis. Crazy charismatic guy. So that's what Dave had to say. I mean, nothing crazy to it. Just that uh, Jason DeMarco, who was one of the co-founders of Toonami, I think, on Cartoon Network... Uh, he set them up. He's, he's the music guy. He's got the sweet connections and the knowledge. So the Boost mobile phone, voiced by Killer Mike, is now locked outside. Frylock bamboozled him, slamming the door shut behind him. And Frylock is going to have a word with Shake about everything that has transpired thus far. Shake, I know what you've done, and I don't like
0: it. Oh, are we going to Jefferson? Oh, because he's my cousin. He's my best friend. I ha- I haven't seen him since the army, like one thousand years ago. Okay,
2: is he your cousin or your friend? He is both, and I. He's
0: he'll only stay for you know like three year commitment. After that, we'll see if we'll renew. So are we going to house? Come on, dog. You're into this. You're black. You sound black. Where are you from? Come on, y'all. We are going to Jeffy's house? Jeffy the garden hose? You know what? Bing. I just killed Jeffy with my mind. <laughs> yes. Meatwad. Meatwad,
1: look, Jeffy's alive. He's alive, okay? We'll go see him later. Some great callback to earlier when Meatwad started crying when uh, he was insulted, this time when he thinks Jeffy is dead. I have to address here, I love Shakespeare pointing out, uh, Frylock, you're black, right? Like they're, they're acknowledging that, of course, Carrie means... The voice actor for Frylock is black and it's always kind of uh I don't want to say even hinted at, but always speculated on throughout the show's run up until this point, what people thought about that. And I love that Shake just calls it out here. I love the just the conversational nature of what Shake is saying, where he's like, oh, uh he's my cousin. Uh he, he's my best friend. He <laughs> you know, just just going on like he's trying to make this up on the spot is so convincing to me and just so hilarious and So in the character of Shake. And again, Shake is the one character who would be trying to do this. I guess maybe Carl would too, though. But obviously, if Carl were trying to pimp the episode out, then uh, that would have been done in a slightly different way. I kind of wish that that's where this episode went, because, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but eventually Axe Body Spray will show up at the end of the episode. I wish that they had Carl when they show him later, being like trying to pimp out a different product. That would have been kind of fun too, but... Of course, the way that it does play out is still very funny. I love Meatwad chiming in there like, are we going to Jeffy's house? He doesn't understand what just happened. That Frylock was just saying that to get Boost Mobile out the door. But it doesn't last for long because Boost Mobile phone, he's just going to slam right through the window to get back inside.
0: Hey, dog, where you been at? <laughs> Outside. With your man, Josh. 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 Yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry for the mix-up, pal. I do, yes. I do like my balls. No, there's absolutely no need to hand them to me in front of the New York sales team. I, yes. You got it. Okay, buddy. You sound thinner. Did you lose weight? Okay, great. Okay, thanks.
1: Bye. Schmuck. So... We understand that the episode was made out of Matt and Dave's desire to do a spoof on a very commercialized episode, but I have to wonder if this was maybe them slightly venting some frustration at their work being used to promote other things. I don't know, because in my email with Dave, he expressed kind of like a knowledge that, look, we're not making art here, we're making television, Which, of course, I mean, I could go on about that all day. I don't really agree with him on that sentiment. Uh, I responded to Dave pointing out, well, Michelangelo didn't just paint the Sistine Chapel because he was bored or wanted to. He was paid to do it, so... I I don't know. I'm gonna not really address that here because I will get way off topic if I do. But my point is that Dave doesn't seem to be too sentimental about his own work. I mean, maybe in a self-deprecating way. I'm not entirely sure. And they asked to do this episode, but I can't help but feel like there is some some real kind of uh, vitriol aimed at uh, just you know the nature of having to promote other things in your work coming from Shake here. It almost seems like a, a firsthand grievance, but. Maybe that's just me reading too much into it. For the first time this episode so far, we're now going to get some sort of a cut, some sort of a a different uh, scene here. We're going to be outside, and we see through the window, we will see Shake and the phone dancing around, and we'll hear the the Boost Mobile Phone music there that is playing. And then outside, we'll see Frylock and Meatwad, and we're finally going to meet Jeffy. And when you see him, you can't mistake him for anyone else, because Jeffy... He is a green garden hose.
0: Oh no you didn't. <laughs> oh oh.
1: listen to that
0: beat.
2: Yep. Dancing up a storm alright.
0: So why am I
1: out here
2: with you? You wanted to see yeah, Jeffy? See?
1: This He's alive. Style. There's Jeffy. <laughs> He's a damn garden hose, boy. <laughs> Come on, look at you talking to it. (laughs) You're a fool. So that is Jeffy, and I'm genuinely unsure if that was actually Jeffy or if Meatwad was referring to some real person or character that he's friends with or just some other imaginary friend. I'm not really sure here. But what I do know is that this green garden hose that we see, it is not the same hose as seen in Season 2, Episode two's Superhero. When Meatwad puts the garden hose on his head, and he's Mr. Mister, this is not that same hose. But, uh, you know, some questions there, but we're not going to dwell on it, because our buddy Carl, he's going to show up in the scene. After Carl shows up, both Shake and the phone are going to come outside. And I do want to point out that Shake and the phone are on the Aqua Teens property. You could tell very easily the property line, of course, by the fact that the Aqua Teens grass is very unkempt and long, and Carl's lawn is very well kept up with, which is surprising because show's been on the air for almost five years now, and we haven't really ever seen him taking care of his lawn, but uh, somehow it's always in good shape. So, Shake and the phone are on their side of the lawn, Carl's on his side of the lawn, but he's afraid that they're going to come any closer. What the
0: hell is this here? Some uh, some sort of gay out? Hey! Just a guy I wanted to see! Carl, who's your cellular service provider, huh? Dude, so what are you dancing about here? You're poor. Come here, I want you to listen to something. You hear the chirp? Isn't that clear? Isn't it clear that I'm going to just completely f*** your ass up if you don't take three steps back? It's not, is it? You just look at me. Look at him Look at me. But you can make him receive cellular calls with this. Give it to him. Where you at, dog? See? I'm on my land. We're both in America, which used to be a good country, until they started letting people like you do whatever you want. Hey, dog, where you at? See? See this. This line here, line of death. You cross it, (laughs) and your freedoms no longer exist. Okay? Have a good day. Where you at, dog?
1: So that is Carl leaving the scene. And I do want to mention the Boost mobile phone steps over the property line, but nothing happens. This entire scene, like, I'm glad they brought Carl in. I just don't really understand what's happening here because Carl comes in. He accuses them of having a gay out. But when he does that, Shake and the phone are inside. There's really no reason Carl would have known what they were doing in there. Like, we as the viewer knew because we have this, uh, you know, the angle that we're viewing at. So it doesn't make sense. I don't understand why Carl's so angry. It's only because he comes up to their house that the guys even come outside of the house. So this whole thing is kind of a question mark here. It's just kind of a vehicle for Carl to just uh, get pissed off about something. And I do like the way... That in Aquatine, like, they don't dwell on the fact that Carl shouldn't have really had anything to say about this. This whole exchange doesn't make sense. I just love that the characters seemingly know what the other characters are doing, even though they have no reason to know that. It's so funny. It's so nonsensical. And it, again, above all else, the important thing about Aquatine is the jokes. And that's, like, that just takes the front seat above any sort of logic here. So there was our Carl cameo. Again, I would, I think it would have be, been funny if he was trying to sell something, but he's not. That's okay. I'm glad we got to see him. I like seeing Shake try and sell this phone to Carl, even though he's not having it. And I like his line of, why are you dancing? You're poor. But I would suspect Shake, he's not really poor anymore because he must be getting some fat uh, payment here for doing this commercial. Surely he at least is getting a lotion kit. By God, tell me he gets that at least. So Carl left, and then Frylock's going to kind of talk to Shake a little bit, and then Shake's just going to go back into a pitch for Boost Mobile.
2: Shake, how long is this phone going to be here?
0: With yeah. Boost Mobile, you yeah. pay as you go. Yeah. No contract, yeah. no bills, yeah. no hassle. Whoa, whoa, where are you going? It's yeah. such a tight fit for how you roll, dog. Yeah. We're east side, west side, <laughs> outside.
2: Well, we're going outside. inside. Wait, are
0: y'all going to us? Oh, I was going to us out there. Oh, Come on. We were just about to do some hands-free national roaming.
1: <laughs> we were just about to do some hands-free national roaming. Of course, that was Frylock and Meatwad going back inside while Boost Mobile Phone and Shake are dancing outside. And just hearing some of this lingo, the, the west side, east side, outside, like whatever he said, that just really brings me back to this time. I remember seeing these commercials so often on television. And I would like to point out, I did check for this, On the Adult Swim night, of course, earlier in the podcast episode, I was telling you about some of the commercials. I didn't catch any Boost Mobile commercials this night, which I find funny. But also, why would they pay for a Boost Mobile commercial when this whole episode is a commercial for Boost Mobile? So kind of makes sense in a way. But I'm finding it uh, appropriate here that in this podcast episode, we were talking about commercials when this whole Aqua Teen episode very intentionally is a commercial. And I do want to say, because I've seen so much confusion and misinformation about this Aqua Teen episode online that I don't think that Aqua Teen ever did a Boost Mobile commercial outside of this episode, of course. So when I say I remember hearing this stuff on commercials, I meant in the actual commercials that did not feature the Aqua Teens. And again, I said it twice already, but I do want to drive home the point because I saw this incorrectly spoken about online so much that, again, Matt and Dave wanted to do an episode like this, and then they reached out to Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile did not ask them to do this. And I think that's very important to understand the joke. I mean, it's funny either way, but I think the fact that they wanted to just do this kind of episode uh, makes it a little bit cooler in a way. We're gonna be in Frylock's room now. He's working at the computer. Meatwad's gonna come up and Meatwad, he has a simple request. He wants to milk a cow. So they're gonna go outside and then Shake is gonna see that they're going somewhere. So Shake and Boost Mobile Phone, they're gonna wanna tag along. You know what I wanna do? Learn how to milk a cow.
2: (laughs) Okay.
0: Wait, on, Where you going, dog?
2: Well, I'm going to teach Meatwad how to milk a cow. I'm
0: going to learn how to milk a cow. All right, that's not very urban. Uh, hey, maybe we could take you to the Ludacris concert, huh? Or we can, uh, like, watch Sanford and Son be Beyond in, like, 15 minutes. No,
2: we're going to a farm to milk a cow.
0: Well, that's not really the message we hope to convey here. But it's the milk that I
1: hope to drink.
0: All right, well, uh, we're going to come, too. Because you might need to make or receive a cellular (laughs) call.
1: So a lot going on here. I love that Meatwad, he, I guess, was just off somewhere thinking about, he wants to milk a cow. Then he went up and asked Frylock, and that's what they're going to go do. So it's funny to me that they tell Shake that, and he's a little upset because it doesn't play into what he is trying to do. It's not very urban, (laughs) To want to go milk a cow. That's uh, that's not playing to the demographic that Shake is supposed to be advertising Boost Mobile to. So he offers some alternatives like going to the Ludacris concert. Which if you will recall I played you that Boost Mobile commercial previously. Ludacris was in that commercial. So that's not just a completely random rapper's name. He is tied to Boost Mobile as well. And then Shake also mentions watching Sanford and Son. Sanford and Son was a sitcom. It was a comedy that ran from 1972 until 1977, and it was a black show. It's it's a very funny show. I, I can't claim to know a lot about it, but I remember my dad would put it on sometimes when I was a kid, and it was very funny, and... I bring up it's a black show because that's supposed to be like an urban kind of cool thing, even though it's fucking Stanford and Son. Like, I don't think that that was a cool, edgy thing in 2005. Maybe I'm wrong, but I can't anticipate that it was, considering that it ended in 1977. But I don't know if that was the first Sanford and Son reference in Aqua Teen. I feel like there might have been one, but I can't recall where. But again, that show is, is very funny, and it makes sense that it might be on these guys' minds. Uh, when doing this episode because it was a great comedy in its own right you know it's possible that the previous reference would have been to red fox uh the sanford in sanford and son Uh, again not entirely sure let me know if if you could think of anything but next up in our next clip now we are heading over to learn how to milk a cow and we are in the danger cart and let me tell you this is our first time seeing it in a long time and Off the top of my head, and actually that's not true, I did scrub through basically every episode until this point, I'm pretty sure that the last time we saw the danger cart was in Season 2, Episode 14, Spirit Journey Formation Anniversary, so if I am wrong about that, please let me know, but from what I could find scrubbing through every episode until that one, this is the first time we've seen it in a few years, like since 2003, so they haven't made use of the danger cart, but we are seeing it here now. We have Frylock, Shake, and the Phone in the Danger Cart, Meatwads pulling them across a few familiar landscapes. The first one is the highway adopted by click, 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 click. in season two, episode 24's The Last One. So when they the, the villains adopt that highway and they're cleaning it up, that's the first background we go through in the danger cart then we go to the mountaintop first scene in season one episode 10's dumber dolls where shake throws happy time harry off the cliff we go there for a little bit and then finally we're in some sort of underground cave system which evidently is very very hot and the boost mobile phone will fall out the back of the danger cart because he's got no signal this is fun. So how's the reception back there?
0: Solid, dog. <laughs> this is fun, boy. How about now? Loving it. All bars, baby. Hearty-heart-heart. <laughs> the little hot. This is fun. We're
2: 3,000 miles below the Earth's surface, meatwad A cow would melt under these conditions.
0: Why you gotta be a player, here? I, mean, I think I'm out of my zone. I'm not feeling good. Oh, no. He's losing reception? Really?
2: Well then, we'll just have to keep going, then, huh?
0: No, we can't do that. Somebody called Josh. This is a friend of mine, and we're outside of cellular coverage. <laughs> he could die down here without a signal. Hey, where are you at, Josh? Thanks,
2: you're not coming in
0: clear anymore. Yeah, where are you man? at? You're breaking. You're breaking up on me, babe. <laughs> Go further. <laughs> what? Touch my gotta... screen, man. i feel feeling oh, Hello, hello, hello.
1: So that is the boost mobile phone falling out of the back of the danger cart and setting on fire. We also saw some flames as we were descending into the cave. And you don't even have to ask me on this one because you know that the flames we are seeing here are our classic Space Ghost Hansen flames. Ooh, my- so I absolutely love that at the beginning of the clip, we got to go through these other backgrounds we've seen before. It's just such a simple, easy way for them to kind of give a nod to longtime viewers without it being too integral to the plot or in your face or anything. I think it's just a fun little detail. And then it's revealed as they're going down and the boost mobile phone is starting to, you know, get sick and and die basically because it it has no signal down there. That Shake, you know, he whispers, keep going. Like he's kind of happy that they're doing this. Because throughout the episode, he's been all on board with Boost Mobile and advertising this, but we're starting to kind of see a different picture. It's dead. No signal.
0: Okay, but that was pretty fun, right? <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I'll buy you anything you want. See this chain? I'm rich, bitch. You
2: poured <laughs> us out to some cell phone company,
0: didn't you? You say that like it's bad. It is. But when you do it,
1: it's great. <laughs> so here's Shay kind of trying to defend himself for his actions, even though we could see he kind of realized he made a mistake when he was happy for the boost mobile phone to die. Two things to point out here. First of all, Shake is sweating. We see vi- you know visible sweat drops coming down him this entire scene, but Frylock and, and Meatwater are not sweating, so I don't know what that kind of says, but it says something. And also, Shake says, I'm rich, bitch, which has to be a callback to the Chappelle show, very famous line that, you know, Chappelle show came out in 2003 and the episode with that skit in it, where one of the characters says I'm rich biatch premiered February 12th, 2003. So that episode was out. And this saying was very popular around this time. So I think this is shake just uh, paying homage to that very popular scene in Chappelle show. As for the background here, I'm under the impression that this is uh, some sort of Hanna-Barbera recycled asset, because that would make it so that there's no new backgrounds in this episode, which kind of makes sense to me. Um, I didn't reach out to Bob Pettit for this one, because there isn't a whole lot of new stuff. I mean, my guess is that Bob did the phone, we see, like, Frylock with the bills, although I'm not sure if that's in itself a new asset. There's not a whole lot of new stuff here, so I thought I'd give Bob the week off. So I didn't think to ask him about this. But again, I don't think that there's that many new assets in this episode, besides maybe the garden hose, assuming that never showed up before, maybe the bills and the phone. And we will be seeing a different kind of phone later in the episode, along with an Axe body spray can, but not a whole lot of new assets here. Something I failed to mention, though, is while they are traversing the various backgrounds, before we get to the cave, Shake and the Boost Mobile phone are dancing in the back of the danger cart. And I think this kind of shows that Shake sold them out to Boost Mobile, but he's reliant on the other Aqua Teens for content, I guess in a way for the episode, of course, because Shake is forced to tag along with them because all he's doing with the Boost Mobile phone is dancing in their house. So without Frylock and Meatwad, bringing Shake somewhere like he's forced to tag along with them dance with them and make this a part of the commercial too but frylock here he's really smart this episode i mean we know he's a smart character but previously he tricked the boost mobile phone into leaving the house to lock him out and then here again he manipulated meatwad into bringing them into the bottom of this cave wherever it might be so that the boost mobile phone would die and they could kind of get away from it so even though this whole episode is just a very in-your-face ad intentionally, we do have Frylock here actually being kind of a badass and, and fighting this, let's say, villain, for lack of a better term, in his own way. So there still is something going on here. There still is some sort of problem being solved by Frylock and kind of keeping the Aqua Teens not detectives, but they are kind of thwarting a villain in some way. Although, of course, our episode is not over, so we can't definitively say that. But there is stuff going on here, even if it's not immediately seen. Turn around, Meanwhile, before we all burst into flames.
0: When are we going to learn how to milk a cow?
2: Oh, Meanwhile, we just did. Don't you remember? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. No yeah, that was fun. Like, nah, find me a jukebox with Sean Cassidy on it. <laughs> okay.
0: But that's back at the house. Okay, no, 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 we can't go there. They're gonna so be looking for me. And Josh said if I screw this up, two important pieces of my body will be yanked out and resituated elsewhere. I do want children someday. It's
2: over, shake
0: Okay, okay, I'll end it. Just let me do it my way.
1: So this episode, a little reminiscent of Spirit Journey Formation Anniversary, an episode I mentioned previously. Because in that one, you know, Shake couldn't really go home because Getty Lee was waiting for them. Again, when they were in the danger cart, they had to kind of go past. And Shake kind of, you know, he leveraged all of their assets and everything. I mean, their security for his own gains. And it didn't pay off then. It's not really paying off now. But a funny thing visually is that Meatwad, he just starts going in reverse. Like, so he, I, sh- I should have said when he's coming down to this cave, he is he is descending. He's going deeper into the cave. Well, now instead of turning around, of course, that would be a lot for the animators to try and convey. They would never try and do that. So they just have him just go in reverse and back up all the way (laughs) to the top of the cave, which seems like a lot of work for Meatwad because he's not just going downhill now. He's going uphill backwards, which is crazy. Poor little Meatwad. And as I've said so many times, whenever we see the danger cart, the danger cart is only necessary for Shake so that Shake doesn't have to walk because as we know, Frylock is in the danger cart in this scene, but he's still floating. He's not really benefiting from Meatwad pulling this thing, because he just floats, so it's very funny here, poor Meatwad, poor little guy, and he didn't even get to milk his cow, he was tricked by Frylock. As we know, Frylock, without him, Aqua Teen has no plot, Aqua Teen has really no logic to it, that's why uh, in both Aqua Teen films we see Frylock being a pivotal part, because without him it would just be nonsense. To speak of Meatwad again in a reference he makes, he references Sean Cassidy, which is not our first Sean Cassidy reference of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. We had a Sean Cassidy reference in Season 2, Episode 13's Total Recarl by Meatwad. He basically comes out of that, that box of eyeballs with eyeballs in his head saying, look at me, I'm Sean Cassidy, because Sean Cassidy is a singer, he is a performer, so that explains the reference here where Meatwad wants to hear his music. But Sean Cassidy also starred in the Hardy Boys, the 70s version of it, where uh, he was a private eye. So that explains the Total Recarl joke. And then Meatwad's making another reference here in Boost Mobile. But Shake here is saying, look, I'll take care of this. Let's go back to the house. I'll deal with it. That's what they're going to do. They're going to go back to the house. The way that they convey this is actually very interesting. So we have a close-up shot of Shake's face while he's in the danger cart. And basically, his face stays stationary, but we get a bit of a wipe behind him, and the background changes from being in the cave to being back at the Aqua Teens' house, and we see two more Boost mobile phones in their house. We see basically the same exact model as the previous Boost phone, the Tattoo one, alongside a different model. I'm not sure which model of phone this is, but there's two models there shake's gonna react to him he's not really gonna know how to handle them seemingly but don't worry frylock and meatwad got it covered because frylock will lead them outside to where we see very clearly on the ground there is an area marked where the phones walk to they fall through the ground and then meatwad is on the ceiling he will push over a boulder to cover them up in the hole that they just fell into Hey, More boost mobile phones? Where are
0: you at, dog? Uh, yes, where you dog. at?
1: Where you, you, you at? This is your way of
0: ending this? Don't put words in my mouth. Well, where are you going, dog? Well, I'm gonna
2: roll with my homies on Lakeshore. Yeah, that's right.
0: That's just where we were going.
2: And if we have some time, we might even get some hoes. And
0: snuggle with them and give Because they good girls even though they hoes. <laughs> Come on, dogs, let's roll! Victor the nose, Now, Meatwad! Oh! No!
2: Yes! Oh! Now let's go inside and get
1: some sleep. <laughs> okay. So, Shake seemingly not in on this plan, I assume orchestrated by Frylock and helped carry out by Meatwad, two of the real geniuses of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. As you heard by my laughter, i Fucking love Meatwad here talking about the hoes, how, how he wants to snuggle with them and kiss them, because they good girls, even though they hose. <laughs> so we did hear another voice there, and that is Schoolie D, and I need to be completely transparent with you. I'm assuming I have this order correct, that it was... Killer Mike, who was the main Boost mobile voice, and then Schooly D coming in as the secondary voice. They are both credited here. That is just my guess. It's possible I'm wrong about that. It's possible it's been Schooly D throughout the entire episode. But knowing both of these guys' voices, I went back and listened to interviews with them. I think I have it correct here that this is Schooly D kind of doing the secondary voice, and that, yeah, we have Matt and Dave just bringing in two rappers just to do these voices as the, the urban element, but Schooly D being an old-school rapper and someone, of course, incredibly foundational to Aqua Teen, not only doing the theme song, the the music for the show, and also just throughout the episodes, the incidental, some of the incidental music, But also, Schooly D, we've heard him throughout the show doing narration at certain points. Matt Malero told us in in my interview with him on this podcast feed that they toyed with making Schooly D the Aqua Teen's neighbor on the other side, opposite of Carl. So, Schooly D is someone foundational here. It makes sense to bring him in with the younger blood of the time of Killer Mike, who was, you know, established at this time, but not anywhere near as big as he is in 2023. So, Frylock, Meatwad, they trap them phones down in the hole, but it doesn't end there. The teens are going to walk back inside. The phone's going to ring. Meatwad's going to answer it, and this is more of the Meatwad I expected to see at the beginning of the episode, where it seemed like he was kind of trying to defend Shake by locking Frylock out of the house, although maybe that was just a misunderstanding. Meatwad's not going to try and protect Shake this time around.
0: The landline. Oh God. Oh god. Oh god. Don't answer it. Oh yeah, Josh. I'm not here. I am not here. I am Not here. I'm I'm nowhere here. I'm not here. I'm not here. I'm not here. (laughs) Josh! Hey! Where where are you at, dog? Yes. I'm really sorry about that. My checks have cleared, so my hands are unfortunately tied at this point. (laughs) What Okay, I gotta put the phone on. It has Vibra call (laughs) alert and downloadable ringtones. (laughs) Oh, come on, man. Do you realize I'm an action hero and that I don't have time for this crap? Yes, I said crap. That's what it is. Crap.
1: So that sound is a bunch of boost mobile phones materializing outside behind Shake. Frylock, we saw, he left the house. He's out of here. He's going down to Lakeshore with the homies. I should mention, of course, that this is in reference to the Boost Mobile song because Kanye has a line in the song about Lakeshore Drive, which is a famous road in Chicago in my home state of Illinois. So Shake at one point during that when I really started laughing is because he puts the phone down. He walks up to the camera, looks directly at us and then says some, you know, advertising bullshit, goes, picks up the phone again, throws the phone down. The phone explodes and that's when the phones appear behind him. Turns out, Shake was seemingly right about the molecular transporters with Boost Mobile. I mean, this is pure Aqua teen, just craziness here. And that's not all. It's revealed the Boost Mobile phones, they're gonna have switchblades. Ah!
0: Hey, dog, where you at? Where you at, dog? Wow! <laughs> you do have molecular transporters! Wow! <laughs> Downloadable switchblades, huh? That's the new feature. Oh no! <laughs>
1: So that is all of the phones, basically just group tackling, shake inside the house. The door closes behind them. We have Frylock and Meatwad outside. However, they're very quickly joined by somebody that's not Carl. It's Axe Body Spray. We have an Axe Body Spray can kind of come up, voiced by our friend Ned Hastings.
0: Hey, it's Axe Body Spray. Where are the girls? (laughs) There ain't no girls here. Can I help you though? Uh, yeah. Are you, the, are you the milkshake
2: guy? Uh, no, he's
1: down there. <laughs>
0: Getting his ass ripped on.
1: Is that gonna be long? Oh
0: night. <laughs> Can I get you something?
1: No, no, I'm good. I'm in the credits. So, Axe Body Spray says, no, I'm good, I'll be in the credits. And then when we go to the credits, it's our normal outro, the music is the same, the visuals are the same, except in every shot, you know, we have the aqua in space, we have Abe Lincoln, those sorts of shots. Axe Body Spray is superimposed into the shots in a lot of them. It's very, very funny there. And I can't help but notice that Meatwad's voice is a little muffled there. The recording quality doesn't seem as as good as it was previously in the episode. Not sure why that is. But so funny to see here that uh, Shake not only did he sell the Aqua Teens out to Boost Mobile, but also Axe Body Spray, which was very much a popular product of the time. But that is it. That is Boost Mobile. That is our episode. An episode that again I saw back around the time it aired. Maybe even the night it aired, I'm not completely sure. But an episode I always liked. I always thought it was just very silly, very tongue in cheek. I've loved learning through doing this podcast exactly why Matt and Dave did this, that they had the idea to do a sellout episode. That in itself, I think gives it some legitimacy, makes it a little bit funnier in my mind, that they didn't care what the product was. They just wanted to make a very in-your-face advertisement kind of episode, poking fun at it. And normally, this is where I would go in to tell you my thoughts on the episode. But if you're a long-time listener, you'll know I used to consult the Toon Zone forum, which back in the day, people would talk about these episodes as they aired, I used to give you their thoughts on this before giving you mine. Well, guess what? The Toon Zone forum is finally back online. They were having server issues for a very long time, but they're back. So I could finally look through and see the reactions to this episode the night that it aired. And of course, link to this entire thread in the description if you want to check it out yourself. But... Before I get into any thoughts, I need to let you know I actually discovered something interesting that I only saw through this forum post back in 2005, and that is that apparently this episode debuted online the Friday before December 11th. So on December 9th, Friday of 2005, this was up and viewable online because people were talking about it back then. So very interesting there. I hadn't seen that anywhere else online. Now, I'm still glad we went through uh, Sunday, December 11th, because that's a little bit more fun to talk about than just an online premiere. But yeah, I guess that's something that happened. But to touch on the reactions to this episode, the very night that it aired or showed up online or whatever... It seems like a lot of people were actually against this one, thinking that it was a little bit annoying, that it was really just an advertisement episode. Now, I don't blame them. You know, I assume most people thought that they were paid to do this, when in reality, I guess the network was paid, but not Matt and Dave or anything like that. So a lot of people didn't really like this one at the time, at least over on the Tune Zone forum in December of 2005. But there were some people that enjoyed it and kind of saw what they were doing here. So not any particular comments I want to read to you. But yeah, it was a little surprising. Some people were very against this one, being a little bit angry about it. On to my thoughts here. Again, the night I saw it without any sort of preconceived notion of what it might be, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was nonsense. I got that, look, this is Aqua Teen Hunger Force. They're obviously being tongue-in-cheek. They're obviously being bad boys about this. I didn't think that they were sincerely trying to sell me a Boost Mobile phone. So, I liked it at the time. I still really like it now. It's not a favorite episode for the content of the episode so much, but There's a lot of funny aspects of it. I love Meatwad with Jeffy. I love just seeing Shake talking directly to the audience here. I love seeing Frylock actually be somewhat of a detective superhero type and dealing with this issue of Shake entering into a shitty contract, which we've seen him do before. We saw it back in in Spirit Journey Formation anniversary. It's completely in character with Shake to do something like this, so... I don't have any real criticisms of this one. Like I said, I think it would have been nice if they tied Carl in in a little bit smoother of a way. Either have him pimping out Axe body spray or something. I feel like Carl was a little bit unnecessary in this one. I don't entirely understand the interaction between him and Shake and the Boost Mobile uh, phone. Although it was funny, right? Like, I'm not upset that it happened. I think it's very, very silly that they included that. But apart from that minor, minor complaint, which isn't really a complaint at all, it's just really a talking point for this podcast, I like this one. So because of that, I think I have to give it four downloadable Switchblades out of five. As an episode itself, it's nothing crazy, but I, I think there's some good quotes here. It's very repetitive, which I think is the problem with it, but the repetitiveness is funny, and I just love that Matt and Dave had the idea to do this kind of episode. To me, it's it, like if you're in on the joke, it's very enjoyable. And it's not a bad episode of Aqua Teen. Again, it's not a favorite, but it is a very notable one. I think it's a very talked about one, one that people are still referencing online because of how over the top and absurd it is in its advertising. So that is it for me this week. I mean, it's Boost Mobile. It's a fun episode. I like it. I got to tell you, unfortunately, there won't be an episode next week. I usually take my birthday off in some capacity. Now, my birthday is not next week, but I will be celebrating it next week, and I have some other bull crap going on that I'm not going to weigh you down with. So I'll be putting something out that maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't. But otherwise, on the 18th, I'm planning to come back with the deleted scenes episode. We'll be covering that one on the 18th there. And similar to how Aqua Teen put out three episodes in 2005 and then disappeared for a year until 2006, it might be a little similar here on the podcast, I hate to say, because starting at the end of this month, every other week, I will be going to a wedding for six weeks. It's going to be fucking insane. So I'll do my absolute very best to get episodes out for you. I don't know what those weeks are going to look like or anything because I'll be out of the state most of the time. We'll see. And of course, I, you know, I have a job and everything. So if there's no new episodes, it's not because I didn't care. It's not because I didn't want to put something out for you. It's just because I genuinely wasn't able to. So unless the Patreon blows up before that and I could quit my job, uh, we'll see what we can do. We'll do the best we can do. And by we, I mean me, because this podcast is a one-man operation. So thank you for understanding. Just wanted to let you know here, and I'll probably reiterate that at some point later. But hey, until then... Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for listening to this Boost Mobile coverage. Thanks to Dave Willis for uh, writing in to me via email, shedding some much-needed light on this episode, which again, I've seen just really taken, I don't want to say out of context, but people have just really made some big assumptions that were not true about it. So I really appreciate Dave for giving me the time of day here to help out with this. And also, hey... Thanks to Joe and Mike for signing up to the Patreon and all the other Moonmasters who support this podcast, who again, allow it to continue in the way that it does. Of course, thank you to our Highlander Nick.
0: There can be only one!
1: There's only one Jeffy, just like there's only one Nick. And of course, shout out to our number one in the hood G tier patrons, Sean, Ian, Captain Buford, Robison, Jason, Raton 69 Empower706, SwimWiki, and Carson. You guys can hang out with me at Jeffy's house any day of the week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Keep it cool. Take it easy. Bye-bye. All right, I promised you the Dave Willis email here because Dave wrote a bit more than I referenced in the episode. And I wanted just to let you know everything that he had to say because it was very interesting. So I reached out to Dave with three questions. One, do you remember how the episode idea came about? Specifically, were you approached to do this by Boost Mobile? Or did you and Matt have the idea first and then have to ask permission? Also, I heard you got lotion kits from Boost. I heard that in a, uh, an Adult Swim panel that Dave did a few years ago. Secondly, I asked him who was Josh that we see in the photos. And by the way, I forgot to mention his phone number is 555-0189. If you want to get a hold of Josh, of course, 555, not being a real number. And then the third question was, how did you guys get in touch with Killer Mike, considering he wasn't an actor at this point, he was just a rapper? So Dave comes in answering question number one, saying, Matt and I wanted to do a product placement episode, but we wanted it to be a real product and we wanted the company to receive real money. We weren't angling for a commission on it, and we probably should have. We had just seen other shows do episodes about commercialism, and we thought it was a more direct way of satirizing capitalism by actually participating in it. This was years ago, well before The Simpsons and Butterfinger, before Rick and Morty did all those Wendy's spots, before bands were basically forced to license their best songs to commercials after all of their other revenue streams were squeezed out by Spotify. In the 90s, Neil Young trashed this mentality with a song called This Notes For You. But I always thought Neil should have just written an insipid original jingle for Budweiser and donated all the money to Mothers Against Drunk Driving. I much preferred Ween's approach. So Dave linked me to this whole article that goes into how Ween was hired by Pizza Hut to write some songs for them. Ween wrote six songs, and then Pizza Hut didn't like any of them and fired them from the project. So we can hear the songs. It's, it's called Where'd the Cheese Go?, I really recommend that you check this article out. It's in the description here. Very funny. Ween, a band I am aware of. I'm familiar with some songs, but I'm not super into, and I need to look more into them. But it's very, very, very funny. They even did an uncut version of the song. It's great. They did it back in 2002, and I found it to be very forward-thinking for the time. It sounds like something you would hear now, honestly. So, Pizza Hut, I think they fucked up by, uh, by dropping Ween on this project. But Dave recommended that to me. I'm recommending it to you. Check the link in the description for that. Also, I went and, I went and listened to that Neil Young song, which was very great. And I agree with Dave, though. It would have been funnier if he just sold out and then donated, and then donated the money to in kind of an anti-drinking group. Dave then goes on to say, It's not like we're making art, we're making TV. The point is to sell ads so you can get paid, and you just know Shake would be happy to sell out. So we asked the ad sales team to find a sponsor, and Josh Feldman, who ran Adult Swim ad sales pictured here, came back with Boost Mobile. And yes, we both got Boost Mobile dock kits for Christmas. I believe Matt Fedexed his back to them. I should have reached out to Matt on this, but you know, I really only try and bug these guys when it's really necessary. On to question three, Dave says, Killer Mike, we got hooked up with him through Jason DeMarco, who ran Adult Swim on air department and William Street Records on the side. And he was right down the hall from us. He was the music guy in house, the guy who connected Adult Swim to people like MF Doom and T Pain. He got Killer Mike and LP together for the first time. And those guys later formed Run the Jewels. Killer Mike is now like the unofficial mayor of Atlanta whenever there's a crisis. Crazy charismatic guy. Mike ended up doing stuff for Matt and Adam of Floyd County after Boost. Maybe the x pilot or Frisky Dingo. And of course, he is our new Boxy Brown. So, of course, we know it was Frisky Dingo that that Killer Mike went on to do. And it's really because, I guess, of Aqua Teen. They gave him this opportunity and he went on to be a part of that show. So... That's Dave's email. I wanted to read it to you because he did supply some more things than were necessary for the podcast, but I wanted you to know what he had to say. So, always a treat to get an email from Dave. I appreciate him giving us this much backstory, this much information, and I hope you enjoyed hearing it too.